Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. Music conversations with one big question. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. My name's Keith Hall. I'm your host. This is episode number 19. Today we're going to have this wonderful conversation with the great educator, uh, Max Colley Jr. Uh, he spent 40 years in the Northview school system uh, here in Michigan and the Grand Rapids area. And boy, does he have some great stories and a lot of wisdom to share. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we'd love to hear your comments. And please spread the word. If you like what you're hearing, there's a lot more to come. Well, let's get into this conversation with Max Colley Jr., Man, it is it is great to have you uh, on the podcast. I mean, you've been a uh, a legendary educator in Michigan for as long as I can remember. I remember before I met you, uh, your your reputation preceded you. You know what is going on? Who is this Max Collie guy I keep hearing about? Yeah, and then I finally got to meet you, and uh, and then became really great friends with your son Max the Third, of course. And you've become like this guru uh, to many of us. And uh, we really look to you for uh, wisdom. And, and just anytime I get a chance to talk to you, uh, it is just a joy. And um, I, I really cherish those moments. Very kind of you. Thank you. I, I always loved being a teacher. I uh, feel so blessed that I was able to do that with my life. There's nothing else. I look back. Still nothing else I would rather have done than what I did, you know? Well, you've taught hundreds, probably thousands of students. You were at Northview High School or Northview Schools for 40 years. Is that right? Yeah, started in 1970 and retired in 2010. It's a nice even number. Yeah. 40? Yeah, 40 years was good. (laughs) Hey, you know, you said you know my son, Max, but now you've got the third generation because... My grandson, Elijah Cosby, comes to your drum camp and has already played at the Western Michigan University uh, Jazz Festival and won awards there. And so you've got three generations going. The legacy continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty amazing. I remember when Elijah was at my camp and you came and just sat in on some of the, the classes and rehearsals and... Um, you know, as as uh, honored as I am that you're there, it's also a little bit um, makes you a little nervous, you know, because I have such great respect for you. And you're thinking, what is Max thinking right now? What would Max say? How would Max do this? You Max know? just wants to keep learning. That's all. <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing. You're you're so humble and and curious and you just you just keep learning and asking questions and are enthusiastic and. Uh, checking out the young players and and uh, it, it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I get to see I get to see some of those kids that were at your camp with Elijah at, in different settings, and I'd go up and say, "Hey, I remember you from the camp, man. You're sounding good. Just always encouraging kids and stuff, you know." Yeah, well, that, you are an encourager for sure. You've always been very encouraging to me, and uh, you've also received many. Uh, teacher awards and service awards over the years. And I also read, which I did not know, uh, in 2009, I read that 
you were inducted into the Michigan Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. Which is no longer in existence because they got sued by the one in Cleveland to change their name. So I think it's it's no longer a thing, but it's called Michigan Rocks now. And okay. uh, what okay. this guy wanted to do is uh, uh, just highlight some of the people who had made it in the rock and roll business in Michigan. I mean, it's funny. I'm... I'm on the same list with Stevie Wonder and Diana Ross and all these people. I'm going, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I, I started a rock band when I was uh, only 16 and uh, got some guys in the band and started doing some gigs. And uh, actually, we recorded uh, some tunes and uh one of the tunes got up to number two on the top 40 charts in Michigan. And so uh, it, was, it was it was great being a 16-year-old boy in a rock band back then. I'll tell you, was a lot of, I played sax and some keyboards, and a little tambourine, probably not with the right technique, but background vocals. But we were really busy for a couple of years. Then I decided to go to college, and the, and the band continued to go on. But uh, about... 10 years ago, some guy in Switzerland decided to put together a, uh, a Juju's, that was the name of the band, a Juju's album with several of our takes and like 10 pages of it. So, I mean, I could never understand why anybody cared anymore. But I guess, uh, you know, collectors' albums and things. So, The Juju's. Where yeah. did you come up with that name? Well... When we first started, we practiced in my garage, and I had a little brother. Everybody called me Junior back then, and uh, he couldn't say Junior, so he said Juju. So we couldn't come up with anything better, so we used that. So <laughs> I thought it was so, the candy or something. <laughs> when we uh, well, we did one time when we opened, we did a concert with Chubby Checker, and uh, kids are throwing Jujubies out there and everything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You should have gotten an endorsement with your company, right? So not only are you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Michigan <laughs> Rocks now, uh, the in Northview High School there, the Community Performing Arts Center, they've named it the Max Colley Junior Performing Arts Center. I mean, what yeah. is what is that like when you when you roll up to a building for a concert and you see your name on it? Never thought something like that would happen. Never. Uh... Never even imagined it. And uh, the cool thing about it is that it was all student-initiated. So my my students went to the principal, and they followed all the protocol, went to the school board, talked to the superintendent, got a couple parents involved. They even raised the money to get the name up on the auditorium. And uh, superintendent, <laughs> here's kind of a funny story. The superintendent came over to see me and because I didn't know anything about this happening. He goes, I don't know if you've heard or not, but they're going to name the, the Fine Arts Center after you. And I, I need to have you sign a thing that if you do something really terrible, break some laws or do something, that we're going to take your name off the building. <laughs> and so I'm just messing with him. And I, I, I said to him, well, how bad would it have to be? <laughs> He goes, ah, just forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
as this legendary educator, you know, I, <laughs> as I said, I, I call you a guru. And I know I'm not the only one. So many of us look up to you. And I'm sure you have uh, so much advice for, for young educators and not so young educators. But if you could maybe give us one or two nuggets of wisdom or, or a couple of notes of advice, what are some things you might want to share? My advice, one of the things is, because you can just get so busy jumping in with both feet because you got a concert you got to get ready for, a march band festival or a jazz band thing. So you always got these deadlines. You just got to get done. I really didn't have a curriculum or a philosophy or even goals and objectives. I just just got busy doing things and things had to get done. But if I had taken time to organize my thoughts and to figure out what was most important, I probably could have saved a lot of anguish in terms of just being busy. I always go to conferences and I went to, and I heard a guy and he quoted somebody and I don't know who, who he gave the original uh, the credit to, but the, the quote was, do only those things that only you can do and leave everything else to everybody else. Hmm. And that really struck me and made a lot of sense. So I started making sure I focused on picking out music, listening to the charts, evaluating what's going on, conducting uh, whatever sort of stuff that only I could do. And then I, I let my band parents and stuff or other people who I loved, I lived in a great district and would people would just volunteer like crazy. I let them do the uniforms and the fundraising and so that I could focus on the things that I really got paid to do and things that I love to do and things that <clears throat> would enrich my students' lives more instead of doing the other stuff. When you are so excellent at what you do, it's easy for other people to see that there's a need and also want to get on board and support you. And that just speaks to how well you were doing those things that only you could do. Uh, people wanted to be a part of it and support it. Well, always blessed with good parents, I'll tell you. Couldn't have yeah. done it without them, you know? What are some of the important things that you would try to instill in your students or what, was, what were some of your strategies as, as, a, as an educator? It's pretty easy when you, when you are successful to think it's about yourself. Mm. And then I also saw my identity as Max Colley, the music teacher. Mm. Instead of, I became a Christian when I was 30 years old. And that totally changed my world viewpoint of who I was, who my students were, and what this is all about. And it stopped being a big ego for Max, even though I don't think most people would have thought, well, Max Colley's got a big ego. But inside, I knew I was getting fed in a way that it was about me, not the kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there was a big change. Make it always about the kids. And I loved teenagers. I just knew my niche was high school kids. I loved being around them. I loved what I could accomplish with them. I, I loved being 
early on, they're like their dad, and then later, like their grandpa, <laughs> you know, I, I loved all those relationship things, you know, and still do. And I think teenage is just a great year, a great group of people to hang out with, you know. Yeah, you're catching them at that, that, that point in their life, where they're so vulnerable, and you're able to shape, you know, what they do after school, which can set the whole direction of their life. I mean, and, and I've even read quotes and talked to your, your former students, uh, friends of mine that are banned, like Mark Townley at Byron yeah. Center, right? One yeah. of your students, right? One of my yeah. good friends. And, and I see your philosophy in him because I work with him a lot. You know, it's not about the ratings. It's not about the winning the trophies and all that stuff. It's about, you know, discipline and work ethic and relationships and being a good mm -hmm. person. I love that guy, and uh, he's been so respectful to me and has had me out working with his kids and stuff and passing it on. And he, he'll say, when I'm up in front of his band, he'll go, these are your kids. He goes, they're an extension of me, you know, because he says, you taught me, now I'm teaching them. And he says, I want you to enjoy what they're accomplishing and stuff too. So, I mean, that's just awesome, man. And that one time my uh, – my associate at Northview, Dave Wells, came up with a list. We came up with over a hundred kids who had gone into music and and were successful either in the orchestra world or the jazz world or rock and roll or uh, whatever you know. Band directors, uh, a couple who are Western graduates. You like even before your time, like Mike Harvey. Yeah, was a very successful drummer. Great and, guy down in in florida he was one of my kids you know and and uh jordan richards you know was yep a really strong bass players and most of your students are not going to go into music you know mm -hmm. but you're creating listeners and lovers of music but more important than that people you know well-rounded people who love other people and and help people and stuff I had this student, I'll tell you his first name. His name was Todd. And Todd was a baritone player in my concert band. And it used to be that all the teachers would go into one room and we would put our grades on the report card for the kid and then sign your name. And I noticed that the kid, first semester, he was like all A's. And second semester, he's failing all of his classes. So I, I pulled him in my office and I said, Todd, what's going on, man? And uh, I said, look, you had all these great grades and and now you're here. And so just had a conversation about like, what kind of choices are you making? Are you hanging out with different kids? Uh, is this going on? Is that going on? And he had things going on in his home that I didn't even know about. But I just encouraged him. I said, you need to quit hanging out with those kids. Find some new friends. He had a sister that was doing real well. And I said, uh, you got to make choices right now that are going to affect the rest of your life and and uh, get these grades back up and so forth. And I said, you know, you have a lot of potential as a baritone player. And he just lit up like he had no idea that, that he had any potential or anything. You know, I said, I said, if you start practicing and stuff and I'll help you, I said, you could become a really good baritone player. So he he. Did everything I recommended to him. Ended up being a fine player. Ended up playing at the University of Michigan. 
not as a music major, but made the bands. He was that good. Um, and But the thing was, while he was a student at Michigan, he wrote me a letter, which I, I have this box of my favorite things that are most important to me. He wrote me this letter and said, Mr. Colley, he said, you don't really understand how that time that you talked to me, how what I made a big difference in my life. He says, now I'm playing my horn at the University of Michigan. And, but he said, more importantly, he said, I never told you, my father was an alcoholic and he was a physical abuser and he used to beat me and I uh, beat my mother. And he goes, you were my example of what a man is. So he said, he said, I had to learn from you what being a man is. And he said, so you're my example. And that just knocked me off my feet because here, this is like five years after he's out of high school. I had no idea that I had that kind of impact on the kid. And I just, I, you know, just made me ball, you know, and, uh, but, but the thing is, if I thought there's a Todd, there's lots of other Todds out there who something we say or some way we treat them or some way we help them, uh, helps them to go on in life, you know? And, uh, and more important that he even became a, a good baritone player, you know, that I, I helped that kid decide I want to be a man like Mr. Colley, not like my dad. Well, even we talked about Mike Harvey. And I didn't know this. Last time I was down in Florida, I stayed at Mike's house. And I went to some gigs with Mike and stuff. And he goes, you know, you're like my dad. And I'm going, what do you mean? He goes, my dad was never home. My dad was like this. My dad, he said, you used to pick me up sometimes to bring me to school or bring me to gigs or bring me home. And he said, uh, so he said, I always looked up to you as being, he says, you're my family, man. You know, and again, that's, that's way after high school, you know, so it's just great stuff. Well, I'm sure you've had that impact on a lot of people. I'm sure if we surveyed your students, there would be many that, that uh, look to you as a real example of what a man is and just what a, a wonderful human being is, you know, someone who's kind and, and selfless. You know, I was tearing up just listening to it and <clears throat> I can't imagine how that would have affected you. We just don't even know what these students are going through. Yeah. Kids come to school with all kinds of problems. I had a kid in a music appreciation class one time and she was sitting in the back row and I noticed she's not doing anything, supposed to be taking a test. Her response to me was, at breakfast this morning, my parents told me they're getting a divorce. And frankly, this isn't very important anymore. You know, I went, wow, Max. You know, it's not very important compared to what you you just, you know. So, and even the way kids learn. I had a young lady, same class, reading the question. It was was a quiz, like 10 questions. So I, I read it. And she handed it, and then I had the kids correct each other's, and then she's crying. I said, why are you crying? She goes, well, I studied so hard for this, Mr. Colley, and she said, I can't do it when you're reading the questions. She said, I have to see them. So I said, well, okay, here. I gave her my, my paper with the questions on it. She went from a zero to 100%. 
<laughs> because she's a different kind of le uh, learner, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and she was honest. And so I told her parents, I said, do you know this that's going on? And I called her. I wrote the rest of her teachers. And I said, this is how she learns. Please give this girl a break. You got to figure out how they can learn, you know? So, you know, many of us have become more sensitive and, and learned about learning styles and um, everything I, going on. I was it's, never taught anything about that, you know? You were just kind and sensitive and thoughtful and uh, cared about the student. Uh, again, back to your thing. If, if it helps the students, it's the right decision. Well, Max, I, I can't tell you how uh, honored I am that, that you're on this podcast. I mean, when I think about great educators, um, you are at the top. Uh, you, well, are, you. you are <laughs> such an example as an educator and as a human, as I've said. And I just love you, man. And uh, I, I hope you just continue to share your stories and um, reach out and get people reach out to you because you are such a, a wealth of knowledge. And um, I just love you, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. From, and I know you're a very good friend of my son Max's and my grandson looks up to you a whole bunch. So uh, I loved it when he came to your camp and I'm glad that you were able to, to touch him as a musician and a person too. Yeah, look out for that guy. He's going to take all of our <laughs> gigs. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, it's good to see you. Thank you. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Stay healthy, man. All right. Thank you. Max Colley Jr. So much wisdom. So many stories. And I just continue to learn from him every time I'm around him. He's always teaching. Even though he's retired, he is just continuing to teach and share uh, his kindness and his love for music and people. He is the kind of person that I, I want to be and uh, he seems to keep the, the main thing the main thing and uh, I just love him so so grateful for him to spend this time with us hope you got something out of that thank you again for taking the time to listen to these conversations and subscribing to this podcast and I look forward to next time but in the meantime be who you be and do what you do take care Mom, mom, mom.